Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have all of you tune us in, turn us on. And for those of you that have been listening through the prior hour, welcome back. Hi, Mr. Benny. Hi, Jacob. Hi, hi, Pat. How's everybody doing today? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Doing yeah. well. Yeah. We're going to talk about something really interesting. Um, Dr. Stephanie Mines. Other than us? No, you guys are interesting Pat, too. Pat. Super like. <laughs> That's okay. We know who you're going to talk to today. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is fascinating, uh-huh. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. S- still wondered what you did to my goldfish, Benny. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was not me. Okay. All right. Uh, I have dreams about the goldfish, just saying probably going to have to go to a past life regressionist. <laughs> so too. Oh my gosh. You know, look, there are things that happen in our lives and we may or may not pay attention to them. Have you heard the term climate shock? Have you heard that term? What climate shock is? Are you prepared for climate shock? How does it happen? And what does it mean? And what does it do to cause early trauma? You know, our nervous system is this incredible, oh my gosh, you know, this incredible interconnection of miraculous, miraculous endings. So sensitive, yet so demanding at times. So beautifully transparent and yet so unbelievably complicated. But what happens to that nervous system when it gets a signal, when it has an old coping mechanism that may or may not work? You know, what happens when environmental episodes occur in our lives? And I know that you want to know, what does Pat mean by that? What are we talking about? That's why Dr. Stephanie Mines is here today. I've had her on the show before. You know her as the author of several books, and she has reflected in life, and she's reflected in what affects people over decades as a a neuroscientist. She has investigated shock and trauma as a survivor, and this is what we don't talk about. We did a show about shock and how we think perhaps a few hours of therapy to take care of PTSD is going to obliterate whatever shock happened that's embedded in our cells, in our bodies. We've talked about that. But what happens when we're looking at systemic events in our life? What happens when we look at this idea of climate change and consciousness? How can we look at it to facilitate 
this beautiful web of movement and exchange and transformation. How do we do that? And what is it? Today, it's all about what our nervous system tweaks, what our nervous system touches. And every one of us knows exactly what I mean if I don't really talk about the physiology of it. Today, get ready to learn so much about something you may have been involved in, but you may not know it. Um, thank you, Dr. Stephanie, for joining me here today. Oh, it's such a delight to be here with you and your team. Uh, They're great. They, they are great. I have stuff I want to talk to them about. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great team. I tell you, you know, people always ask me about, how did you do this? How did you go from this? Why? They always ask me about that. And I said, you know, once upon a time, it used to be just me. And I was going nowhere as it being just me. Then it was me and Benny. Uh, I was like 17 years ago. But the minute I realized that I was never going to achieve what I wanted to achieve to help people in the world by myself, I realized you got to take the leap of faith, take the risk and jump out, right? Um, and I've had a bunch of angels along the way. But I've also had traumatic experiences in my life. And I really wasn't aware of the impact of them till our first interview we did. But today we're talking about climate shock. And many people are saying, what is that? What does that mean? I don't think that's happened to me. Let's take a deeper dive into what that is and what you've discovered about it, Dr. Stephanie. Before we do that, sure. I would like to take the fear out of the conversation. Yeah. I would like to introduce a phrase like climate shock without people becoming terrified to hear the next sentence. I don't want to start with fear and dread because that's really not what this is about. We are at a portal of humanity's transformation. And that portal, the movement through that portal, as we all know, as trauma survivors, you and I, Pat, yeah. we know that moving through that transformative portal is a complex, multifaceted experience. But we come out on the other side almost instantaneously into an expanded state. And that's what we're all involved in now. We are at the portal of the new humanity. And this new humanity is resilient, innovative, creative, spontaneous, vital, and daring. And what does climate shock have to do with that? Climate shock, which we produced ourselves, nobody did this to us. We created the climate emergency that is accelerating and will continue to accelerate. How is it possible to even talk about that without becoming afraid? Yeah. How is it possible to talk about that with our roots in the earth, our hearts wide open, our tears flowing and our joy flowing simultaneously? That's what this is about. And I wanna introduce this 
as an exciting, stimulating topic, not as a horribly serious, horrible, horrible mess that we're in. Yeah. And boy, that, you know, that is when, when I listen to you and talk about we're about what we're about to talk about, I'm really struck by the fact that fear has never helped me move forward in, in a large way. You know, fear sometimes, though, for me, has got me to realize there's an action that needs to be taken. But I've never made a great decision that where fear was guiding the ship. I can't think of a single decision I've made under the realm of fear that I could sit here and say to you, oh, my gosh, what a great decision that was. You know, this is what happened. I was so scared to death and afraid, and it guided me, and I made this decision. Oh, my God, my life is so good. Never. Cannot point to a single time. But fear, though, can help with an enormous awakening. And this is where humanity is expanding. And here's a secret that I am completely ready to blow wide open uh, that you will get immediately, which is that those of us who have experienced early trauma, who have experienced domestic violence, sexual assault, any form of dysfunction in our families, intergenerationally, uh, due to natural disasters, those of us who have made our way through those experiences, we are in many regards, the most well-prepared. We are the teachers and we are the leaders. And the other piece of this that is really right on the tip of my tongue is that it is up to us, those of us who have learned what you just described, that no transformational decisions are made from fear. We need to educate others, including healthcare professionals of whom I am one. Yeah. Healthcare professionals do not listen to those of us who have experienced trauma and been transformed by the resilience that is awakened by going through that portal. And it is up to us to make healthcare professionals responsive to help prepare us and vulnerable populations like children and neurodiverse children, for instance, it is the responsibility of healthcare professionals to help prepare humanity, the populations they serve for this climate crisis that is accelerating. I think it is important because, and people that have been affected by it firsthand, right? there is an experience that that folks have gone through that sometimes you cannot find the words for. But it is an experience that breaks open the heart in ways you can't imagine. You know, these experiences we're talking about happen so that we can help others. We can take it to a different level, right? We can explain things perhaps in a way that hits that part of another being to say, this is for real, and this is what we can do with it, uh, about it, right? 
Let's get some definitions on the table. Yeah. Let's define trauma, shock, and climate shock. So trauma is a disturbing, really disabling event from which we recover. Uh, an injury, falling off your bike as a kid, perhaps breaking a bone, perhaps not being able to go to school because you're ill. These are traumas that have big impacts, but from which we recover when we have resources. Shock is of a higher order of magnitude. The recovery is much more difficult and sometimes impossible. So that would be sexual abuse at any stage in development for which resources are not made immediately available. And therefore that trauma becomes bigger than trauma without the resources being provided and enters the category of shock. Climate shock is when the environment adds another layer to your personal history of trauma and shock. So the power goes out, the roads are frozen, you can't leave, you have no heat and it's sub-freezing weather, or the fires, the forest fires are coming very close. You're gonna have to evacuate. These conditions that are accelerating globally, I don't need to prove that, it's evident. Adhere to each individual's personal story and the sum total of that combination is climate shock. So going back to my statement earlier, a statement that I'm trying to fulfill as a healthcare provider, it is up to healthcare providers to prepare their populations, those they serve for that. As the completely incontrovertible evidence of climate crisis is finally after decades being accepted, healthcare must step in and fulfill the oath of responsibility. Yeah. And we as trauma survivors, those of us who have made it through the portal, like what I'm trying to do in my writing and in my practice yeah. and in the organizations that I've created, like climate change and consciousness, yeah. need to wake people up. That's an act of love. Pat. It is. It is an act of love because, you, you know, I have to tell you, as you were talking about this, let, let's just take our, let's just take in a real life experience about this. Um, if you've gone through, I'm just going to use one experience and ask you about it. If you have ever been freezing in your life, cold, beyond belief, right? And I had that experience and you've been cold and you don't know what to do. You don't have the resources. You're shivering beyond anything you can imagine. And you don't know if it's going to end or you don't know when it's going to end. Um, and you try to have faith that it will. 
but then the next day comes and you're colder than the day before and you realize you don't have potable water you can't you have you're really at the basic maslow level and what you're saying is as healthcare providers we have to be able to look at that and go in and pro- provide relief i'm thinking about texas right now i'm thinking about what just happened in texas and you know it was as if it was 5 years ago and these people went through this and i'm asking myself who's helping those people yeah they're at the maslow level they're at that level of shelter and food and that need you know they're at that level but i think they are still in shock from something that nobody predicted would happen ever and i'm not sure where anybody is in helping those folks pat you know i just my heart is just resonating with you i just feel your compassion as you say this we need to take care of our people these are the forgotten ones you know we have the headlines we have whatever media attention might be on the situation briefly what happens when all of that is gone what happens is that the people with limited and sometimes zero resources are impacted for years if not lifetimes by the situation katrina would be an example who has come to provide the ongoing trauma care for those impacted by katrina who were abandoned who were threatened who lost everything that they had this is what occurs in climate crisis and and it's happening and has been happening throughout the world and we need to open our hearts and our minds to be of service to those damaged by these events and to prepare for the events that are coming our way and we can do that with love and i want to say i know it sounds incongruous i know it sounds paradoxical but i want to say that we can do this with love and joy and feel a sense of fulfillment even a thrill at being able to do this together mhm mhm i bring this up because there are many things we experience right there are many of these events that happen and we haven't really been given much attention to what happens to the people that go through them um and let me just give you a couple of examples you know if you grew up on the east coast one of the things that you were familiar with just like what happened in texas here recently is you maybe have or may have experienced let's say the blackout of 1965 right you know and people are like oh i don't know i was around in 65 but uh, uh 30 million people in 80,000 square miles uh, uh, of people were affected left without electricity for 13 hours and if you're me and you're a kid in this environment and you happen to not be in you know the the coziness of your home and your bed but maybe you are um it is a daunting experience it is one of those things and if you go back to 65 uh dr dr stephanie if you go back 
we're not talking about experiences where you could pick up your cell phone and say, hey, we don't have a, no, you are literally in the dark. You are by yourself. You may not be prepared for it. You may not have the candles or the flashlights. You know, you not, you're disconnected from the entire world, right? And you remember that experience and the events of that for your whole life. And nobody really comes in and says, how y'all doing now that the lights are on? You know, what was it like for you? Exactly. You know, how are you doing? What happened during that time for you? Exactly. You know, there's there's an incredible a book by uh, Rebecca Solnit called A Paradise Built in Hell. And what Rebecca Solnit describes are exactly these historical events, such as the one you just referred to. And these are cataclysmic events. And what happened in these cataclysmic events that destroyed entire communities, neighborhoods, fires, floods, where people lost everything, people are on the street, is that the community came together. The community came together and people began to take care of one another. And that happened fairly recently in Puerto Rico uh, when yeah. Hurricane Maria came through. Oh. And there's still reverberations from that where the parteras and the coronderas, the healers that were living from traditional wisdom came out, came out of hiding sometimes because they had been, you know, scorned. And they began to take care of the people who were abandoned and neglected, the women who were going into labor, the elderly who were suffering from joint problems, the diabetics who couldn't get their medication. They began to tend to them using the resources that had been known for hundreds and hundreds of years that they had never forgotten and that they perpetuated. I am not in anything that I'm saying, trying to discredit the incredible achievements of Western medicine, uh, which we want to align with. And there are people in the medical professions who are doing their best to speak to the health consequences of climate change. But this has to become a broader mm -hmm. message. And I really do believe that we, the individuals who know the value of this, have to advocate for that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I am so pleased to be here with you. Yeah. To talk about this. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to take a short break, um, Dr. Stephanie. And when we come back, we're going to fast forward to where we are now. You know, I, I, I mentioned Texas, but there are so many things we can point to. And what about what we're going through with COVID-19? Where do we put that on the scale? How do we consider that? You know, and what can we do? Dr. Stephanie Mines is going to take us and give us this idea. What is the average person, average person, average person, how does the average person prepare and, and this is a message to parents. Mm -hmm. This is something that y'all are experiencing. 
what would you want to have? What tool, what learning, what teaching, what support would you as parents want to have to help your children address this? We're going to cover all of that when we come back. We have a giveaway for uh, Benny right now. Energy Medicine for Pandemic Conditions. It's a handbook. When we come back, I will give that away. Um, Dr. Stephanie, what is the best way to find out about you? Please go to my website, www.tara-approach.org, and also Climate Change and Consciousness, which is www.cccearth.org. You're going to take a short break. When we come back, what falls into the realm of climate shock? Does COVID-19, is that something that falls into that? When we come back, Dr. Stephanie is going to walk us through it and then tell us how we can be better prepared. Let's take a short break, Benny. Jacob, we'll be right back with the show. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey everybody, it's me, Psychic Medium Jamie. And me, Spirit Walker Nicole. We are so excited to introduce you to our new live call-in show called Shades of Spirit on TransformationTalkRadio.com. As we connect you with your crossed over loved ones, angels, and guides, and also help you develop your own psychic and healing abilities. For more information and to book your own private experience, go to ShadesOfSpirit.com and also follow us on TransformationTalkRadio.com. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing, or just doing my job, when really you knocked it out of the park? How did you get like this? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self and how far you can go by being more you. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack, and I'm excited to tell you about the latest technology. It is new to this country, and it's just amazing. It's out of Germany. The Healy is state-of-the-art technology for a 
improving and changing the body vibration. I have more information about the Healy on my website, maryjanemack.com, or you can call the office at 888-777-4232. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. If you have a question for us, 1-800-930-2819. Climate shock with my very special guest, Dr. Stephanie Mines. And we're talking about climate shock. We're going to give some more examples of what this is. Um, But ask yourself this question. If you've ever been through something like that, and we'll talk about the different types of traumas, what kind of support and help did you get? You know, what was there for you? What was it like to experience this emotional shock, right? Or loss? You know, if you're somebody that has been abused, what is that like? Um, but Dr. Stephanie, look, the elephant in the room, one of the elephants in the room, there's a couple. One of the elephants in the room is what we have gone through as a result of the spread of COVID-19, and its impact on our culture here in the United States, and its impact on people. And I can't tell you how many people that I know that are close to me that could not say goodbye to their aunts, that could not say goodbye to their fathers, they could not say goodbye to another family member or a child, you know, to watch them be taken by this disease and their own experience now is the t- anytime they see somebody without a mask they just go into that state of shock again because this is very real for them you know the idea of not wearing a mask for people that are so close or have been affected by it is absolutely out of the realm of belief and yet we're not done with this we just watched this past week People just as if nothing was wrong. And now we're seeing more people on the rise. And, you know, I was asked the other day, uh, do you think it's okay now that we don't wear our masks in the office? And I said, no, that's not okay. And we've got to follow the Washington state guidelines. I'm not sure what you believe, But I don't want to go to sleep at night thinking because I loosened up on a guideline. I got like, you know, a bunch of staff people that are now in a hospital. So how does that fit in to what we're talking about today? Beautiful, beautiful depiction of climate shock, actually. Because what we are truly being challenged to do is find our humanity, find our community, find the way in which we are connected and responsible for each other. And that's what Rebecca Solnit was describing in that beautiful book, Paradise Built in Hell, is there was a time when that was the first thought of people. And what I was describing in Puerto Rico also evidences that this compassion that we have, this sense of being in this together, no matter what the person looks like, no matter what their financial situation, their class situation, we are humans united in love of life. And when we lose that, 
when we allow a code of selfishness and greed and indulgence and entitlement to erase this soul essence of love for one another, we're in trouble. And that's why we now have not only the COVID pandemic, we have a pandemic of despair. We have a pandemic of mental illness and it's affecting people and taking their lives. Yeah. Alongside COVID, suicide rates amongst youth are skyrocketing. Yeah. How do we respond to that? I respond to it as a survivor, as a healthcare professional with a heart that opens wider because it is broken. A heart that expands and out of that expanding heart comes resilience. And I am 100% committed to educating ordinary people, whatever that means, because I see everyone as extraordinary, but average people, let's say, people who are not the movie stars, uh, who are safe in their palatial homes, people who are not the politicians who are safe in their palatial homes uh, with all of the protections that they need. Those of us more vulnerable, more exposed, I am dedicated to educating. And by educating, I mean stimulating the inherent wisdom that lives in every human being to meet these challenges with innovation, with intelligence, with creativity and compassion. Yeah. And you know what, we have to really look and really open up the door to see where it is that we can do some good too, you know, to see what can we do to really look at this period of time we've gone through. I I was talking to a friend of mine and we've noticed the uh, rate of alcoholism Mm -hmm. in women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we thought about, are these numbers true? You know, I mean, yes, I mean, there's consumption, but usually men lead, take the lead. (laughs) When you do studies like this and you do research like this, we usually have some information and men are way out there, right? They are usually at the top of, yeah, I'm drinking too much, right? That's not what the research is saying now, right? The research is looking and, you know, we're getting now new studies on this, but the research is looking and they're saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something new happening here. You know, there's something new happening here. And, you know, they're looking at the consumption, which is three or more days they're looking at. And they're starting to look at the percent of increase in those numbers. And what do they look like? And I think we're being faced with things now that require a special kind of attention and a special kind of solution. What do you think? I would call that a climate shock situation. I would call that research evidence of climate shock. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, women, for the most part, tend to be the most absorptive of the energetic conditions that pervade, that are impacting their children, that are impacting their families, that are impacting their parents. 
And women, I will say, this is a generalization, not always true, but frequently true that women will internalize and serve uh, to try to deal with the current situation. And those are the precursors to addiction, this internalization of despair, this internalization of rage. Uh, there are many conditions surrounding this pandemic that are enraging. Uh, the misinformation, disinformation that was put forth, the betrayals that we experienced that are disastrous and took thousands and thousands of lives. Uh, it's, it's absolutely outrageous. But the resilient response does not deny that, looks at that naked truth and comes with solutions that are collective, not just for me, not just for my family, but solutions that will be of service to the community and implement them. And education, information such as what you provide here through your radio shows, that's compassionate healthcare, mm -hmm. informing people of potential, of possibility. I do direct education. I put into the hands of people like this uh, pandemic resource handbook that I've provided. These are hands-on resources that I use on a daily basis. You touch without any effort, without any tapping or massaging or any skill. It's just loving touch on certain sites of the body. And this allows the nervous system, which you spoke to at the very beginning of this show, this is really all about the nervous system, the, the miraculous network of the nervous system through our touch on these sites in areas that are easily available, we remind the nervous system of its potential mm -hmm. and its resilience mm -hmm. and makes the world of difference because that calming of the nervous system, which is my expertise, yes, that is what allows innovation to occur. Can you talk to the work you're doing around this? Because, you know, I'm talking about what I'm noticing. I'm talking about the studies that show information and there's study different studies different population but there's new information you know 17 percent increase in women young women and women non-hispanic white meaning white women my gosh when did that happen right this increase and yet we need to be able to reach out to people and help them. So tell us about the work that you do, because this is your field. This is what you do. And you have trained people to help. So it's almost like I want to put you all together and I want to drop you into different places and see what people need help, right? Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> doing my best, really, with all my heart and soul with every moment that I can make available. I'm doing my best to train people to represent the work that I do. So through the Tara approach, mm -hmm. uh, which is my Facebook page, my website, uh, through every avenue, Instagram that I can find, 
uh, I make available to everyone these programs that teach us how to use our minds and our hands to bring the nervous system into harmony, into presence, to differentiate the past from the present and step fully into the empowerment that is completely available to us now with our own bodies, with our own nervous systems and with those in our nuclear families and then beyond that into the community. And through climate change and consciousness, which has its own Facebook page, its own Instagram, et cetera, and website, uh, I bring these trainings that fall under the rubric of sustainable health into the context of our climate crisis. Mm -hmm. I'm about to launch a series of programs on building resilient communities mm -hmm. that hasn't been uh, posted yet. It's coming in the next few months. I will be collaborating with uh, community builders who have already been working with sustainability, regenerative resources to educate people at the grassroots level in building resilient communities. And then alongside that, I have my sustainable health programs uh, at beginning and accelerating levels of development that allow people with any background to become skillful in being able to read the nervous system, intervene with the nervous system. So we have to have sustainable health practitioners in every collective, in the family, in the community, in the neighborhood, in the village, in the country. We have to have sustainable health practitioners who when climate shock occurs, can identify it and can intervene gracefully with cultural sensitivity and respect for humanity and begin to calm the nervous system to lessen the stress levels. When stress levels are decreased, the immune system can function optimally. So disease is very often, I don't wanna be categorical, but I know that healthcare professionals will agree with me. Disease is very often a response to, to stress. Yeah, yeah. So when you lessen stress, mm -hmm then you empower your immune system. So when people have those skills in their fingertips and in their language, which requires study, it does require an investment. Uh, it's a movement from I to we. You know, you, you are able to take care of yourself. Self-care is a major yeah. tool that I teach. It's the first thing I teach, self-care, because we have to be able to take care of ourselves. We have to be able to track ourselves and have resources to keep ourselves balanced so that we can perceive what others need and serve them without sacrificing ourselves. That's an art and it is a learnable art. And it's what I teach in the Tara approach it's what I make available through climate change and consciousness. The, the, the numbers that are coming out right now about this and what I want to 
basically say to you um, in looking at this is we are now at the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, in trying to understand the impact. And I love what you're doing to prepare and to get out there because I'm a statistician at so many levels. I'm still me and I still love to do what I do, but I look at numbers because I've been trained to look at them. And the numbers to me are daunting. Mm -hmm. You know, the numbers mm -hmm. to me that when I look at some of the numbers, I ask myself, what are we going to do to help folks as we come out of this, right? What are we going to do? Can we do more shows about that? I mean, this is me talking to myself, Dr. Stephanie. This is me asking myself, do I need to put up a separate channel just to address this, to really I'll provide insight and information? Because when I look at the numbers, I, they are shocking. 58%, right? Are, we're talking about increases in consumption of substances mm -hmm. that are far beyond anything we've seen, including coming out of prohibition, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the, these increases in families where children are home, mm -hmm. right, with folks. Uh, but the answer that they give, why are they saying they're drinking? It is stress. Mm -hmm. It's stress. That's the answer. Well, I will do all the shows that you want to have me on because I am ready, willing, and able to deliver the resources to the people who will use them. Mm -hmm. And I want to quote Paul Hawken, who created Project Drawdown, a brilliant uh, approach to the climate crisis, who said that if you look at the data, which we must look at the data, we cannot deny the data, we can't be blind to the data. If you look at the data, you will go into despair because it's daunting, if not overwhelming. But if you look at the people who are really becoming creative under these circumstances, then you will be inspired. And that's where I land. I land with that. And I've landed with that throughout my entire career. As I was saying to you earlier, when you work with sexual abuse, when you work with family violence, when you work with evil, why wouldn't you become cynical about humanity? Yeah. I'm in the opposite camp. I don't deny the evil. I've directly experienced it. I've, I've been beaten. I've been raped. I have those torturous experiences. Right. And I still land in the camp of faith in human potential. I'm with you on that. I never, I am unwavering in faith in humanity. I am, there's nothing that has happened in my life. And you and I probably can sit down in parallel and talk about the abuse situations, talk about the shock and the trauma in our lives. And yet here I am, a positive show, a positive talk radio network and TV network now, positive talk, inspiring consciousness. So how? I don't know. I, do, I honestly, I think an alien took over my body in 1990 and somehow helped me get rid of anything I was, I, I just don't have an answer for it, right? But I do point to an increase in my spiritual practice and my spiritual awakenings. 
you know, I've had some great teachers and mentors. 10 days out in the desert, right? I couldn't even understand my name. Um, so this is where we go. Look, we have a caller. Let's go to the phones. Let's see if we can help somebody here. Benny, who do we have? Charlene calling in from Canada. Hey, Charlene. Hey, Charlene. Hi, Dr. Pat. Hi, ladies. Um, I'm, Hi. Just, I'm phoning to agree with you. I agree okay. with you guys. Totally. Tell us. Tell us what you think. I think that you should have a, a specific show for this because the whole world is glowing, going through this, including me. I, I see it everywhere. I really think that you guys can really help with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to thank you for that because I really, to, to tell you and Dr. Stephanie, I'm watching this and I feel helpless sometimes. I mm -hmm. feel like, what do I do when I see binge drinking up 40% in a family with children? What do you do when, you know, narcotics consumption is, and there's a part of me that has empathy that says, yeah, these are tough times, right? Where do people go for relief? And I think, Charlene, what you're doing today is you're probably going to get both Dr. Mines and myself inspired to really look at this more closely and see what we can do because we have to do something. And by the way, it has to be a show that has people like you on it. It has <laughs> to be a show that brings people that are going through this on it. It's got to be more than a radio show. It's got to be a forum. It's got to be a forum that allows people it's to come in. It's going to be in. genuine, genuine and authentic, the real deal to heal. It is. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's because that's because Dr. Stephanie and I have been through it. We've been through abuse. We've been through physical abuse, mental abuse. We've been through homelessness, right? You know, we've been through loss and losing people we love. We've been through families of addiction, you know, suicide with my mom. We've been through it. So it's hard for us not to show up with all of that, you see. I think what, exactly. what Charlene and is, is saying here is so beautiful because in the three of us, Dr. Pat and me, and Charlene, we are this trinity of compassion that we would move in this direction of wanting to offer these resources because under these climate shock conditions, our hearts ache to open further and yeah. to be resourceful, to be of service at this, exactly what you're describing, Charlene, at this authentic grassroots level. Because as you said, Dr. Pat, so clearly, the people who are experiencing climate shock after the media leaves town for the 24 hours that they were there, <laughs> those people are living with it. Even if they were interviewed, you know, sometimes there's a miraculous donation, a GoFundMe page or something, but that's not for the majority. You know, most people are left in this devastated, helpless state and so conscious of the magnitude of what has occurred yeah. and of what they have lost. And it is the obligation of me as a healthcare provider, as a trained neuroscientist who understands what's happening to the human nervous system, but I don't understand only what has happened. I understand neurologically what is possible 
I know that we can bounce back, but we need the resources. Yeah. We need the stimulation. We need the input. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the stories that came out of Texas, you know, my friends calling me from there, talking about an $11,000 electrical bill they got, like, Mm -hmm. and they had no electricity. You know, at a logical sense and as a friend, I can be compassionate. But how do we help people through the pain of that? You know, how do we help them? And that's what I think Dr. Mines is talking about. She is she knows how to do this. Now, what we have to do is we have to find a way and we will find a way to make sure we're capturing those people that are in need and get them help. We got to get know, people like you help, Charlene. We got to get. We've got to get people help because we've all been through this at some level, and it's affected everyone. Even if they unconsciously, like or yeah. they, they will say that it hasn't. You know, like you, you know, put that brave face on or whatever. Yeah. But eventually, it will get to everybody throughout the globe. It will affect everybody in one way, shape, or form. And we need to unite in order to heal. I love that. Well, I love that. So Charlene, much. you've given us our, our marching orders, so to speak. Charlene, thank you so much. Really, thank you. Thank you. Wow, amazing. I mean, she just said it. We have to unite to heal. Uh, and I think that's what you are doing. Um, I... My heart hurts every day that I get a phone call from somebody that has lost a person and they just can't, how should I say it, like we'd like them to do, snap out of it. You know, we'd like to say to you, yeah, get over it. No, no, that's not something they know how to deal. That's not something they don't know how to work with. And my gosh. That's not even good advice. It's not good advice. You know, (laughs) that's what I would call toxic toxic positivity, you know, yeah. uh, put on a happy face, as Charlene was saying, you know, pretend that yeah. you're not impacted. That's what leads to the addictions is that imploding. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, you know, that, that phrase only worked in the movie Moonstruck. So there, there we go with that. Uh, thank you so much. Please let folks know how they can find out more about you and thank you for all that you're doing. Please reach out to me and check out the resources that I have available through both websites. They will be mirrors of one another with slightly different twists with Tara, www.tara-approach.org, focusing on the sustainable health components and climate change and consciousness has a broader palette of resources and builds community that wants to address the climate crisis, www.cccearth.org. Thank you so much, Dr. Mines, for today. Dr. Stephanie Mines, thank you so much. Charlene, thank you for nailing it. You know, we do need to prepare something here at the network. And boy, I'll tell you, It is inspiring to know that the great team of people that work here, Benny, Jacob, everybody else, you know, these are the folks that build the foundation for those of us that have the vision to step out and all of you inspire us to do more. 